Chair, you have your full committee and video recording has started. Very good. Um, thank you everybody for joining us for this November 9th edition of the Water Committee for the City of Sacramento. Madam Clerk, please call the roll to establish a quorum. Thank you. Councilmember Valenzuela? Here. Councilmember Vang? Yes, uh, here. And Chair Harris? Present. Uh, do you have any announcements, Madam Clerk? I have no announcements at this time. Okay, well, committee members, we have four items on the agenda. Um, three are receive and discuss, and one may have an action item attached. So we'll go ahead and start with item number one having to do with the SIRA program. Thank you, Chair Harris and uh, members of the committee. Um, I'm Bill Busaith, uh, uh, Director of the Department of Utilities for the City of Sacramento. Um, we're going to cover, uh, time permitting, uh, four topics today. First, we're going to give a presentation on the SURA, our SURA program recommendation. Uh, second, we'll be discussing the drainage rate adjustment, uh, specifically the, um, uh, our survey two, uh, results and, uh, proposed schedule moving forward. Um, time permitting, we will have a short discussion about uh, our water conservation efforts, um, and then we uh, will finish up um, with a discussion about the uh, the, the rate assistance uh, uh, application that we have in with the state, uh, the CWWAPP uh, program. Um, so we'll go ahead and start with the uh, uh, with the SURA program. I'm going to start by articulating our recommendation, and then I'm going to go through some slides to talk about why we've made that recommendation. Uh, I'll reiterate the recommendation at the end, um, just so that you know. Don Holm, uh, finance director, is on the call, or um, I think she's on the call anyway. Um, and should be available to answer any questions that you might have that would be a, you know, most appropriate for her to respond to. Um, next slide. So just a reminder um, that the program was, uh, we were directed by uh, council in, in 2013 to establish the SURA program um, in, in uh, later, a little later on in FY 13, 14, uh, when we had some rate adjustments that were passed, um, the funding, uh, was appropriated and the program, uh, was, you know, uh, kicked off as far as actually having, you know, customers and, and giving, um, uh, benefits or discounts to, to customers. Um, in 16, 17, there was a, another rate adjustment. Uh, that was approved by council that was also uh, incorporated into the SURA program. And there was also a recycling solid waste adjustment uh, that was included in the, in the SURA program. Um, we had been working with SMUD for some time to uh, develop a program of access to their database in FY19 that became uh, you know, official where we are doing that on a regular basis. And as you see there, the, the uh, participation in the um, program uh, increased significantly um, and, and has leveled off, as, as you know, at about 8,500. Um, in 2019, uh, Councilmember Carr asked us to do a pilot uh, to see the feasibility of uh, renter assistance. Uh, since renters are not our customers and not receiving any direct benefit from the SURA program. Um, we have done that and we have a, a recommendation associated uh, with, with that, that program. And so our recommendation is that we change the structure from the current approximately 36% benefit average uh, to our current customers to a, what we consider a more sustainable 25% benefit. And we also recommend that we don't incorporate the, uh, the renter's assistance 
um, into the program. And again, I have some slides that are gonna detail um, why, why we're making this recommendation. Next slide. At our current benefit rate, um, what you see here is, is that, um, you know, at our current participation level, which is at about 8,500, we plan on being able to barely uh, make it through FY22 under, under our current budget. Um, in FY23, assuming that we have a solid waste rate adjustment and a drainage rate adjustment, and assuming that we receive direction from council to include those rate adjustments and rates into the program, um, you see the budget that we, uh, that we anticipate needing in FY23 uh, under the current benefit. Um, you know, at the current uh, a participation level of 8,500, we'd need a little over $5 million uh, for the budget. And you can see those numbers go up if we anticipate uh, an increased participation in the program. Um, again, in FY24, there are um, some of the uh, solid waste rate adjustments would take place in FY24, uh, needing another half million or so uh, budget uh, from in this program, and then another slight increase in FY in FY25. That's based on the current uh, discount average of, of about 36% uh, per for for the customers. Next slide. We also did a lot of research about what others are doing in the state. Um, and what we found is that nobody that we're aware of in the state is giving any more than a 25% uh, benefit to their, uh, to their customers in these rate assistance programs. You see that most of these are electric um, customers and there are not very many uh, utility, you know, water, wastewater drainage utility purveyors in the state that are offering any kind of a, a rate assistance program. Um, I think it's because the council felt so strongly about this that they were willing to fund it out of the general fund, uh, you know, that the city moved forward with, the, with this program. But you see that 25% uh, is the, you know, is the most that anybody is offering in this, you know, in the state, again, that we are aware of, and I'll, I'll caveat, caveat that. Um, next. Um, just to be clear about what we're currently offering and what we're proposing is, is that we have two different types of current customers, one we call non-legacy and one legacy. The legacy participants have been in the program since its inception back in 2013. Uh, the non-legacy are mostly um, uh, customers that have come into the program and are receiving uh, the benefit uh, from the second rate adjustment, but not from the first rate adjustment in, in, uh, in 2013. So we have our, our non-legacy or more current participants receiving a current discount of about $37 and that's about 34% of their uh, you know, discount. The legacy participants receiving a total discount of uh, a little over $57, which is a 52% discount. And the average of our non-legacy and legacy is about $40, a little over $40 at 36%. At the proposed 25%, the, uh, the uh, average customer would receive um, a little over $27. Next slide. At the 25% level, you see that um, it would be some time at our current participation level, it would be some time before we would need to increase the budget of the program. It also allows us to be able to even under the current um, uh, uh, even under the current program to be able to, or under the current budget, to be able to, uh, you know, in FY23, we could manage up to 9,500 um, um, customers uh, without having a, a, a budget uh, increase for the, for the program. Next slide. The work that we did to investigate the cost of rental assistance, and this again is based on a similar discount 
that we would give to these customers or, or these renters if they were customers based on the size of their, um, of their residents. Um, we estimate that if we move forward with this rental assistance for water, just for water and wastewater, that wouldn't include, this, this doesn't include um, solid waste or drainage, that the cost would be almost $2 million uh, citywide. And of course, um, significant budget would be needed to be added to the program in order to um, move forward with that. So our recommendation is to, is to move forward with a flat 25% um, a, a benefit to the customers. And, um, uh, that, and our recommendation is that we not move forward with a, you know, a, a rental assistance program in the city. Um, based on input from this, uh, uh, from this committee, our intent is to move forward with this and bring it to council, bring this recommendation to council uh, before the end of the year. Um, and so that ends my presentation on this part and uh, here to answer any questions uh, or uh, comments that you might, uh, or receive any comments that you might have. Okay, can you take your screen down? please. Tyler, yeah, there you go. Thank you. So um, committee members, I'm going to start off with a few comments and then I see member Valenzuela's hand is up. You know, we've, we've touched on this program before, had a bit of a conversation about it. Uh, I kind of like where staff is going about, about this um, in terms of sustainability and the ability to add more participants to the program. I think that that is uh, a wise way to proceed. At the same time, you know, to consider doing apartment dwellers, um, that of course would be a council discussion because it takes, it's gonna take a lot more budget. So I would like to go ahead and move this staff recommendation forward to council with the direction that council considers, you know, all the information, of course, in, in uh, what the staff recommendation is but consider whether the council has the appetite or the budget to go ahead and include apartment dwellers in it. I do think that there's a lot of wisdom in lowering uh, the rate somewhat. Um, it, it would hardest hit the legacy folks who have enjoyed a lot of uh, subsidy for a long time. But I think at this juncture, my desire would certainly be to affect more people with some help than give more help to a smaller group of people. Uh, so I kind of like where staff's thinking is going uh, with this. That would be my recommendation of what to um, send to council. Ultimately, if we're going to change the program, uh, it's gonna be a budgetary decision for the council, probably best done at mid-year. Uh, and um, so that's where I think the real debate ought to reside. That's my thinking and council member Valenzuela, go ahead. Thank you, Chair, and um, I appreciate your thoughts and the work staff has done. It's clearly not sustainable at the current level of funding, but I think, you know, there's one approach of reduce the rate of discount. The other approach is to add more money into the program so that we're not reducing the rate as we increase members. I think for me, my concern are twofold. One fold is the obvious that, you know, 10 bucks a month doesn't seem a lot to a lot of us, but it is, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are still really hurting and I'm worried um, about us taking that step at this time when our economic recovery is so tenuous for workers, we're trying to get people back on their feet. But I also worry about the timing of us doing this when we're gonna ask people to increase their rates. Um, I just think that the optics of saying, we're gonna reduce our benefit that you've been enjoying at the same time we're asking you to increase the rates because we need that money. Um, I'm worried about what that will do for the next item we're talking about. Um, and in general, as you just mentioned, I really think this is a better conversation for the mid-year. I'm reticent to send this early. Um, and are, so maybe it's like ascending it with 
these two options on the table because I don't I don't feel comfortable making a recommendation to reduce at this time. I'd rather it be, hey, this is the situation. It's not sustainable. We either reduce the benefit or we increase the budget and make that a consideration for the mid-year budget discussion. Um, we're hopeful that there'll be more budget um, in the mid-year because sales taxes are going well. But I mean, that's my that's where I'm at right now. I'm not really comfortable yet saying we'll reduce until we have that mid-year budget benefit of the projections that I'm sure Don is already working on as I see her come on screen. So uh, Katie, Bill, answer this question. In the staff report, I believe it said that considering the storm drainage rate adjustment or any rate adjustments that the SURA program would be adjusted commensurately, correct? So that those rate adjustments would be more or less compensated for in, in SURA? Um, they would certainly be included. Well, again, that's a council decision. Yeah. We're assuming that we would be directed by council to include the drainage rate, the current drainage rate, and the drainage rate adjustment, and the solid waste rate adjustment mm -hmm. in the program. Um, so that all those would be included in the 25% benefit. Uh, and so that, you know, that 25% benefit would go up significantly. Um, but your, your point, you know, your point is, is well taken, Katie, uh, or council member, <laughs> uh, that, uh, yes, their, uh, their, their total, uh, bill would go, you know, would go up also. Um, well, so, so just to follow up on that and to the, to the council member's point about the optics of raising a rate and decreasing a subsidy at the same time. I think it might, there's some wisdom in bringing this to council before we actually get into the mid-year discussions to lay out the options and the optics of what we're, what we're up against and perhaps not make it a, a um, action item at council, but merely a precursor um, presentation of information to consider. You know, when we get into the mid-year deliberations, there are a lot of things on the table. And my fear would be that if we wait until mid-year to even bring this up, Council Member Valenzuela, that it might not be given the full hearing, that it probably would be if we bring this in December. Uh, again, not to take action on it necessarily, but just to start to digest the information because there's actually a lot here. You know, this committee has heard this twice now and the council is not aware of it. So that's, that's my thing. No, I appreciate that. I think, yeah, if, oh, sorry, if I could just respond quickly, Chair, I appreciate that. And I think if the recommendation was to put it forward without a recommended action, um, that I would be really comfortable with that because I do agree that we want people to be aware. And I understand that the percentage, like the amount of money you're getting off your bill is going to increase when the rates go up. I just know the SURA program is a big part of how I want to talk about these rate adjustments is it's okay, we've got this program. And so to reduce that benefit at the same time, we're trying to increase rates overall. I'm just worried about that. So I appreciate that. If the motion is to move it to council for discussion without a recommended action, I'll support that. Yeah, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, again, the idea is to lay out the information because I do think there's a lot here to digest. And having been through a lot of budget negotiations, I, I'm fully aware that there's a lot of wrangling on the table. And sometimes the discussions aren't fully fleshed out before motions are made. And before you know it, the money's all gone. So uh, I, 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 again, I, I like the idea of bringing this to council in December. Um, and so we can have a, a more full discussion about where we're headed with this. All right, council member Van. Um, I had similar sentiment. I think it's not just the optics piece because we're going to be working on this storm drainage rate, but I want to make sure that we actually have a full conversation with the full council. You're absolutely right. This item has come to the water committee two times now, um, and they're not aware of the situation. So um, I will support that motion um, to move this item to the full council uh, to give them all the information so that we can begin that conversation um, even before mid-year so that we can prepare uh, for, uh, for that piece. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, is the, uh, that's the end of the discussion. Let's go ahead and have a roll call vote. Oh, no, I see. I think Dawn's uh, hands up. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Good afternoon, council members. I just wanted to, to, to provide a little bit of additional insight. One, typically this isn't something we would do during the budget process. It's normally discussed when we're bringing forward a rate increase. 
The original funding for this program came from the increase in the general fund tax we received from those rate increases, the amount that we would get from those bill increases. And it was only done one time for each of the funds. The future rate increases did not include it. Council did not provide that direction. To date, we've never overspent the program and we actually have moved money back to the general fund. And so if the council wants to deal with this at mid-year or during budget, you would actually be making a choice. I mean, this is all about choices, right? So you'd be making a choice to take general fund resources, which today we don't have to put into the program. At mid-year, we might have some one-time money. If you were to do it at the time we talk about the solid weight rate increase or the storm drainage increase or water or wastewater, we would then take revenues that we haven't yet counted on and could increase based on those rate increases. So we don't plan in our forecast future general fund tax money from utility rate increases. We haven't looked at what we're gonna do because until council decides they're gonna approve a rate increase, we're not gonna guess what that looks like in, in the forecast. And so at the time we're talking about a rate increase, you're actually, it's a net sum game. So if we're gonna get an extra million in the general tax, you put that into the program, it, it provides that resource. If you do it during budget, you're actually asking them to take true general fund money not associated with the tax, which isn't what was, this program was originally built on. So I just wanted to provide that background so that you have that history. And that's why we've normally had the conversation at the time we're proposing a rate increase and not necessarily at the time we're doing budget. So Donna, I appreciate that information. Of course, it seems to me at least a little contradictory to do a rate increase to affect what we need to affect in infrastructure and then pull some of that money back out for subsidy. Um, you know, we're going for the storm drainage increase because we are on a crash course within sustainability. We're gonna need all that money for the drainage program for it to be effective. And it just, somehow it doesn't seem logical. Well, this is the utility user tax council member that has been Understood. voter approved and we actually just settled the issue on. And, and so it's not that we're taking the rates that Bill's forecasting for infrastructure and taking it away. They know what that tax is that needs to come back to the general fund. This is all about the general fund side. We do not fund the program at all with enterprise funds. Okay, this so is just how about... the general fund gets through the policies and the and, and the the code that's already been adopted. Understood. So you're talking about using UUT for yes. the subsidy. Yeah. Yes, it's not we don't use the enterprise funds at all. So we're not taking from Bill's infrastructure funding. Okay, okay. I appreciate that distinction. Nonetheless, um, I think that that option is fair to put before the council. And I see a nod of approval from, from my Katie, are you of a similar mind? Yeah, could you, I was gonna ask if you could just restate your motion before we vote as well, Chair, if that's okay. Yeah, what I would like to do is move the staff recommendation to council with direction that council can consider uh, funding for apartment dwellers, look at the costs and um, that we can also then consider moving the discussion to mid-year and decoupling it from the rate increase. So you're proposing to move the staff recommendation of a 25% reimbursement? Yeah, but see, it's all floating, right? Basically what I'm moving forward here is a discussion with all the parameters on the table. If, if you know, we were going to look at uh, using general fund money to subsidize this rather than user utility tax, uh, that's a different discussion. It could be kept within UUT if there's sufficient funding to do that. Would that be possible, Don? I'm sorry, can you restate that? I missed that. Well, if we do a storm drainage increase, right, we're going to get more money into UUT. Would that be enough, in your opinion, to fund a, a subsidy for apartment dwellers, say? No. So the apartment dwellers have their own unique issue and, and it's really problematic. And, and you'll find that, you know, we don't typically do that. Most cities aren't doing that. And the problem is they're transient in nature. They move around a lot. And so the cost of administering and managing that type of a program is significant. We would need additional staff. We would need a lot more funding. As Bill showed, I think it was $5 million is our estimate to run that. 
and that would require a significant um, two million. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And that includes the staff and everything. That's that's our and includes our estimate of admin. Yeah. And so, I mean, that would be significant to bring in that. I mean, as you can see, just to go to the 25%, we'll keep the program level the way it is. To increase it and add apartment dwellers, that would change that. And we would need to work with utilities on that. But we would need more staff to be able to manage something like that because of the number of checks. And, and it depends, you know, even if we did a once a year check, but figuring if people move the, the cost of our trying to reload of locating and, and, and trying to return funds and, and get people into programs and then they're gone if we, you know, doing it once a month as a refund because they're not paying these bills. The yeah, apartment dwellers do not pay these bills to the city. And so that's what makes it really complicated. Understood. So um, again, the motion would be to take the staff report to council for consideration of all of these things that we've discussed here, because these are all monetary decisions that the council ultimately will have to make. But I still think it's a good idea to move this forward for discussion. So just to be clear, a yes vote on this would not imply me saying that I agree with the 25% rate. It would just be me saying I agree with taking this to council. That would be correct. Great. Thank you, Chair. Appreciate that. All right, let's call roll and move on. Mindy? Thank you, Chair. For the record, I have no attendees with their hands raised to make public comment on this item. Will you Thank reiterate you. who made the second? I'll make uh, the second, was... Mindy. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. Councilmember Vang? Yes. And Chair Harris? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Okay, moving on. Bill, are you presenting number two? Yes, I am. So um, we're going to have, um, I'm going to introduce this and go through the first few slides, and then we're going to have our um, consultant team uh, present the results of the uh, sur our survey number two. Uh, and then I'm going to go back uh, and I'm going to go over our proposed schedule um, for the drainage rate uh, adjustment uh, measure. Um, and then we'll do a quick time check. We've got two more items after that, one that we really would like to get to, and the other is uh, a little bit more optional. That's the conservation. Um, so this is a receiving file. And so we're not asking for any decisions. Um, it's, it's for your information. Um, and so let's, let's move forward. So we're gonna talk about the proposed rates. Most of that I'm gonna go through very quickly because most of it is review. Uh, we wanna spend some time on the survey number two results. Um, I'll turn the time over to Kurt and Lucia for that. Um, I'll go over the schedule and then uh, we'll uh, be able to answer any question and receive comments. Next slide. Next slide. So just a, a reminder that we've got basically two different, you know, we're, we're divided into customer classes that are residential, both single and multifamily, and then non-residential. Um, each of the customer classes is assigned an impervious surface coefficient uh, by this, that's been developed by the state. Uh, it's, and then um, all of the rates are based on that, you know, to total gross square foot area for the given customer classes times this ISC coefficient times um, a little under two cents uh, per square foot, you know, per net square foot uh, per year. Next. And you've seen this before, three single family um, uh, classifications or uh, uh, um, the uh, low density, high density and medium density. And you see the commensurate uh, proposed fees there. And then also the change that we've made is, is that instead of having one multifamily uh, classification, we now have three. Again, a high density, a medium density, and a, and a low density. And you see the, uh, the commensurate uh, cost or charge per unit uh, for, the, uh, for the rate adjustment. 
Next. For the non-residential, um, again, gross square foot times the ISC, you know, based on those different property types. Um, and then that number, you know, times the uh, two cents per, per square foot per year. Um, you see an example for commercial. Uh, you see up on the chart there, commercial uh, is, the ISC is 0.86. So you would take uh, an example of a, a little over an acre parcel uh, times 0.86 times the uh, just under two cents per square foot would give that particular customer a $900 a year uh, fee or $75 a month. Um, now, if there's no questions on that, I mean, you've, you've all seen that before. So if there's no questions on that, we'll move forward and I'll ask um, Kurt and Lucia to present our, uh, our, our results from our second survey. Great, thank you, Bill. Uh, this is Kurt Bailow from FM3 Research. I presented uh, results from a somewhat similar survey um, uh, earlier this year. Um, next slide. So just a little reminder about how we phase this different uh, uh, approaches to our research. In the first phase, um, when there were still a lot of moving parts going on, we conducted a survey just looking at those single family property owners that Bill was referencing a, a moment ago. And we did this uh, dual mode survey online on the phone. We just were talking to them just to get a feel for what of three different types of scenarios um, might, be, might be viable for this time. Um, and there was parallel track communications and, and outreach going on to non-single family residential property owners um, to gauge sort of their reactions to one of these proposals. And so at the end of that process, we landed on an increase only approach being the most viable option for generating these needed funds um, for the stormwater system. So the next phase, and this is the results I'm going to present now, is phase two, where we were trying to mimic what an actual all-male election would look like. So we took a random sample of, of addresses, both single family residents and everybody else in their net and, and, and sent those out. And it was a survey with only two pages to it um, and, and collected those results back exclusively via mail. So it, it may not be 100% the same, but very similar to the process that the city would undertake were you to proceed ahead. And so that's what we're gonna go through here, those results from that mail survey. Next slide, please. <clears throat> so a few notes about this. Um, we sent out the two-page survey, but there was also a, a supplemental information guide inserted in there, such as the kind of thing that you could include with the actual ballots if you go forward. And the next couple of slides, we'll get to those in a second, just show quick screenshots of those. We also sent postcard reminders to the respondents to ask them to return their surveys. Um, normally, there's a longer period for holding uh, for collecting survey responses to the actual election, since we were trying to do it in a slightly shorter time frame, we uh, did a little extra poking with the uh, postcards to get people to respond. Um, so we sent out 4,000 of them in the first wave, which was before the solid waste rate notice went out. And then we sent out a second wave of 4,000 after that rate notice was sent out with the intent of wanting to be able to see if there was an impact of the solid rate solid waste rate notice. Yeah, say that three times fast. Um, and so that we will go through those results here in a moment. Obviously, one of the things that may be complicating that analysis is when that second wave of uh, surveys went out was right when we had that big atmospheric river come through California. And so there's a lot of rains at that time. <clears throat> um, and anyway, one other note about the way we approach the sampling is because single family residences make up just a disproportionately large share of properties in the city, we sent out a higher proportion of surveys to the non-single family residential properties. We weighted the results back to result to reflect the, the regular proportions there, but we wanted to have a few more interviews in some of these commercial categories so that we can look at them in the survey results. So all in all, I'll 1,100 responses were having received um, through last uh, through last week, um, giving us a margin of sampling error of around three percent. Next slide, please. <clears throat> so these two slides are just quick snapshots of the guide that accompanied the mail survey. 
Um, this is an example of, of something that could be a, a, also accompany the, um, the, the final ballot should, you, should the city proceed to go forward. So it talks about the background, the needs, some of the unique challenges the city is facing. I'll kind of skip through these, maybe go to the next slide, Tyler. Um, and breaking out the different rates and how they're calculated on kind of mirroring a lot of the slides that Bill just walked, walked through a moment ago. And then the last page here is talking about some of the specific projects that could be funded. So next slide, please. So all that being said, let's get to the results. It's a short survey, but here's the hypothetical language that could be included. This gone, went through council. Um, we talked about the, how much money this would generate, how the funds would be spent. And for each, each survey that was mailed out, had specific information about that property, had the parcel number, property owner name, and what their monthly fee would be specific to that property. So some property owners could have received multiple surveys because they own multiple properties. And each of those would have a different monthly fee associated with it because the, their particular property might fall into a different category. Um, lots to read through here. And this is actually somewhat similar to the language that we were tested in our first exploratory survey. If we go to the next slide, we'll get to the actual results. So we asked respondents the survey. They had to check off a box. Would they definitely vote yes, probably vote yes, probably no, definitely no, or were they undecided? Um, and in this case, we saw about two-thirds, 66% of the surveys that we received back in the mail indicated they vote yes. 30% uh, in total said they would definitely vote yes, and a little more than a third, 30, 36% said they'd probably vote yes. And about a third, 32% said they'd vote no. Um, so as a point of comparison, when we did that first survey, it was different survey methodology, it was just amongst single family residents. Um, we had 54% indicated they vote yes to the increase only model. So this is um, notably higher than that. Uh, some of the distinctions here are both the methodology. Um, we were including non-single family residential property owners in here and that four page informational guide that was obviously not included in our, in our first baseline survey. That, that guide was developed by things we learned in that first survey. So I think that probably played a, a pretty significant role. Next slide, please. So breaking this out by a couple of different categories and because we oversampled some of these, we were able to report on them because there's not that many industrial properties compared to um, the single family residences. Um, but if you look through here, um, you'll see that the total yes counts were all pretty much above 50% with the exception of that retail and commercial segment there, which is pretty evenly divided. Um, I think of note, given some of the prior conversations we've had, is if you look at the multifamily residential property owners, industrial, they're kind of in the same range, around 60%. But if you look at those single family residences, uh, those prices, scale, those vote scales very similarly because the, the rates go up dramatically for um, the SFR three category. We saw a very similar dynamic, if you recall, in the prior survey we conducted. Um, the bulk of the single family residences, I think 85% of them or so fall in that SFR two category of which we had 69% indicating that they would vote yes. Next slide, please. Um, just wave one, wave two. I think the rains may have, uh, it's, it's hard to tease out here whether the, the waste rate notice had either no impact or it had an impact, but it was countered by the fact that we were having uh, a weeks of rain. So it's a little hard to tease that out. Um, but between those two waves, we didn't see any appreciable difference uh, in the responses about virtually the same number of yeses in each of those waves. Um, Amongst the single family property owner types, there we also did ask a question in the survey. Um, we only asked a couple questions, but whether they were owner occupied or not. Um, and those who were owner occupied, um, the majority of them indicated they vote yes at 72% clip compared to those non-owner occupied ones at only 63, you know, the, the landlords were renting their property out. I think we have one more slide on the, oh, sorry, there we go. Uh, a couple more slides on, we asked some open-ended questions. So when you mailed your survey back, you could scribble down your rationales for voting yes or no. And we did our best to try to categorize them. And it's always a, a bit of art, maybe even more art than science with this sometimes because you get a variety of different comments and sometimes people 
don't write anything or they write something that's very succinct or they write something that touches on multiple categories. Um, but there was a no single one rationale that everyone cited who are the yes voters there. Uh, about three in 10 said some sort of generic version of yes, it's important, it's necessary without doing a ton of elaboration. Um, but we also had references to some of the other items that were actually highlighted in the survey about water quality, flood protection, um, and dealing with the uh, infrastructure that's getting old. And the next slide is a, a few, if I remember correctly, yeah, it's just a few samples of those types of comments that someone took the time to, to write on the mail survey and send back. Um, some of these are like sort of generic, it's a good investment for the future, just sort of a, without any specifics. Um, some of them said, well, there was a flood recently. Um, and some of them talked specifically about aging pipes and clean drinking water. Curtis, uh, we're, we're running short on time. Can you pull this together here? I can. Why don't we skip to, why don't we skip this slide, Tyler, and the next one, and the next one. And let's go to this one and wrap it up here. So go to the next slide, perfect. Um, so we did ask one other question in here. We had those different bullet points in the um, in the survey ballot language, essentially. And then we said, well, yeah, I wanted to take one more bite of this apple and see which ones resonated most strongly. So we asked respondents to indicate on the scale of importance, how important they thought they were. And not, not surprisingly, they're all seen as very important. We knew that from the prior survey. We're looking for any degrees of differentiation. If you click one more time, Tyler, you might see a little line pop up there. Yeah, there was a little bit of separation. There were three that had a little more intensity behind them and they're all about water quality, drinking water, and generally clean water in the region, and also um, you know, keeping sewage off our local streets. Those were generated a little more intensity than some of the other spending categories or, or goals of the measure. I think that might be my last slide. All right, thank you very much, Curtis. We appreciate Thanks, that. Thanks, Kurt. Okay. So um, I'm, you know, I'm going to announce basically that uh, based on those survey results, uh, we have received um, permission and support from the city manager's office to move forward th with the drainage rate adjustment. Um, as you as you know, we've been waiting for the results of the survey for some time, and as you can see, the survey results are quite positive and encouraging, and so. Uh, the schedule that we're proposing is as you see, um, and you can see that we're right now at the water committee meeting. Um, we are gonna be giving a high level overview of the drainage system, the current fund status and the schedule for the drainage rate adjustment and the proposed structure of the, of the adjustment uh, uh, next Tuesday at city council. That's just an information uh, meeting uh, uh, item. On the 17th, we'll have um, a URAC meeting, which will then lead to the Prop 218 protest mailer on the, ninth, on the 19th. Uh, we're scheduling webinars, six webinars in December and January. These will be targeted to all city residents, uh, but we'll be especially reaching out to key stakeholder groups and neighborhood associations. Um, so we see three in December and then another three in January that we will be doing. Um, some of them during the day, uh, two of them I think during the day and the others in the evening. Um, that will lead to the final URAC meeting in January, which is the official rate hearing, uh, which will recommend to council to um, approve the ballot election. We'll go to council uh, to appro uh, approve that uh, for council approval on the ballot election in late January or early February. Uh, in February, the ballots will be mailed out and uh, there'll be a 45 day period where they can and need to be returned. Then we'll be tabulating those and bringing the results back to uh, council. If the results are favorable, we'll be asking council to adopt the rate, um, hopefully to become effective on July 1st. Got it. And so that's the that's the the, the proposed schedule. Thanks, Bill. Um, uh, with that one, yeah, I want it. That's all on the drainage rate adjustment, unless there's comments or questions. Yeah, I have. I, so on the McKinley Vault project, how much of that was funded through drainage fees? 
because we didn't have any any money to fund capital projects and drainage, zero. Um, okay. Normally, that, normally that would have been funded about normally that would have been funded about fifty percent from from drainage funds. So that's a really salient point I wanted to make. That's about a thirty-one million dollar project, and frankly, it saved East Sacramento from a monumental amount of street flooding and sanitary sewer outflows. That's how important uh, these projects are. And um, I, I tell you, I mean, I lived that one in real time. We stored 6 million gallons of water underground that if it had gotten above ground, that's 18 acres under a foot of water and that all would have been SSO. So, uh, you know, the importance of this, of this drainage adjustment is, is palpable. Okay, Katie, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to thank the team at FM3 for the thorough um, polling. I'm really excited to get the messaging and all of that out of it. I know, Bill, we had a chance to talk a lot more in depth about the public facing website, giving people the information, where is it going to go and all of that, and hopefully in language the best we can. So just excited to get to work and to help with this. And I think you've given us a really strong foundation. So just wanted to add that. My thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to echo uh, my colleagues as well. I want, just want to take the opportunity to thank staff for all your hard work to really get to this moment and thank uh, FM3, really just for the first and second follow-up survey. I think it was really important for us uh, to, to make sure that those uh, survey results was encouraging and positive. And so I want to say thank you to y'all. Um, I think, you know, as a new council member, I think we've seen that like on, on drainage rate in particular, the city has really kicked the can down the road. Um, and if we don't invest in our infrastructure now, we're going to have to pay for it later on in the future. And so um, really um, excited about the results. It seems overall very positive and really looking forward to, you know, just going through the process to make sure that we could, we can get this um, ready to go and, and hopefully the voters will vote yes for it. So thank you so much. Agreed, Curtis. Great job. And it it really couldn't be a more transparent process, honestly. This is this is good work. All right, Bill, let's on to the next item. Okay, I'm going to skip the uh, the uh, conservation with just a short. You know, we continue to uh, strongly message conservation, even though we're now in the wet season, um, and we and we will continue to do so. Our residents continue to be very responsible with their water usage. Uh, and are responding, you know, very appropriately. Um, and hopefully at the next water committee, we'll, we'll have a little bit better, uh, have a little bit more time for an update. Yeah, just um, for the committee members information, that atmospheric river added about 108,000 acre feet to the Folsom Reservoir, which is very significant uh, in terms of that we were we were very much threatened by getting into a dead pool situation so it gave us a lot of breathing room but just for anybody who might be listening to the committee that didn't end the drought not not even in the ballpark that hundred and eight thousand acre feet can disappear very quickly unless the rainfall continues so uh it's great news for us really really great news it gave us a lot of breathing room but uh Conservation is still the name of the game. Okay, Bill. Thank, thank, thanks, Jeff. That was right on target. I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to turn the time over for just a minute or two, a few minutes to talk about the the, the uh, arrearages program. Uh, Brian Sanders is going to just run through this slide, and then, of course, if you have any questions or comments, we'd be happy to uh, uh, to entertain them. Uh, <clears throat> great, thank you. Uh, good afternoon, Water Committee members. My name is Brian Sanders. I'm with the Department of Utilities. Just wanted to provide you a quick update of the CWAP program or the California Water and Wastewater Rearage Payment Program. It was uh, created by the passage of AB 148 earlier this year. Uh, the program's goal is to provide a financial assistance to utility customers uh, who were negatively impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic and fell behind on their water bill payments. Uh, so this program does provide one-time bill credits directly to the impacted customer accounts uh, based on the amount of their eligible arrearages. And by eligible arrearages, that is between March 4, 2020 and June 15 of 2021. And uh, the city will actually receive a 3% of the total customer need and administrative fees to help cover the cost of implementing the program. And I just wanted to point out that the 3% uh, does not reduce the amount of customer assistance. 
the state water board has split the program into two parts. There's the drinking water and the wastewater. Uh, if funding is available after the drinking water rearage applications have been processed, uh, the state will have uh, a similar application process for the wastewater program, and we do anticipate that starting in sometime in February of 2022. And the source of the funds for this program is the uh, Federal American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. And while this is one-time funding, we do see it as creating a path for a better outcome for many of our customers. And you can see here on the slide some of the details. And with that, it concludes my report. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. Any questions from committee members? I don't see any hands raised. Well, I, I think it's a great thing that the state is going to help out uh, with these arrearages. And um, yeah, that's about all you can say. It's a good thing. I will add in there, um, uh, Chair, if it's okay. I mean, I have the privilege of getting to work with a lot of the community groups who push for this, and I just think it's such a great um, result that they were able to achieve. Um, and I think there's a lot of interest in seeing ongoing needs that might need to be addressed in the next state budget. And um, so I really just want to appreciate it. I know it's not easy to apply for a whole new funding program, but it is a significant amount of money. But I also think we recognize it might not be enough. And so um, I hope that um, you'll keep us posted if there's a shortage so that we can work with our lobbyists to keep advocating for more money in the next budget as well. Great. Mindy, are there any comments not on the agenda? I have no hands raised to make public comments for matters not on the agenda. Okay, any comments from committee members for future meetings or other items? Well, that being said, we made it this time, which is nice. <laughs> I think next year we're actually going to be allowed allotted a little bit more time for our water committee meetings because I always feel like I'm pushing to, you know, to, to try to get through the material and uh, it's a little uncomfortable. You know, I don't like to be cut people off. I don't like to cut presentations short, but uh, you know, the good news is we have a lot to talk about. So I appreciate your presence here today and uh, we have five minutes till city council. With that, we'll call this meeting adjourned. Thank you, everyone.